Hey, podcast people. How's it going? This is Azrin, the language nerd here. Happy Monday to everybody. It's technically Monday because it's 2.03 in the morning. And so technically it's Monday. So happy Monday to you. I wanted to quick. I wanted to record a very quick podcast episode before going to sleep tonight because I realize it has been a few days since I've recorded a podcast episode. In fact, I think it's been more than a few days. I have been quite busy. I'm always pretty busy. I mean, I always have lots on the go. But um, I suppose you could say I have been a lot busier with teaching lately, which means that I've had less time to make content or focus on other parts of the business. And so that's why I have been quieter online lately in comparison to before. But in August, I should have a little bit more time on my plate. I'm taking some time off. I'm teaching less students for the month of August so that I have time to work on other parts of my business and just work on other things that I have to complete. And so here we are today. Now, I want to share a few things today. The first one has nothing to do with language learning. The second one has everything to do with language learning. The first thing today is something that is really important in my opinion, which is understanding what your boundaries, eh, boundaries is the wrong word, understanding what your work-life balance has to look like. Everybody has, everyone's going to have a different work-life balance, in my opinion. Some people are going to want to work lots and lots and lots, and they don't need a lot of time off. Some people need lots of time off. Some people want to, you know, different people have different ways to approach it. And not to mention, different people want to spend their off time, their non-work time in different ways. Some people love to go out and party and drink and go be with friends. Other people like to sit at home and just have a quiet evening watching Netflix, things of that nature. So everyone's different, which is obviously very common sense. And what I've realized for myself recently is I would like to work. You know, I want to work. Here's how I've broken it down. Monday to Friday, I want to get 10 hour work days in. Nine, nine on a bad day, 10 on a good day. So nine to 10 hours on a Monday to Friday, 10 is ideal. And on Saturday, Sunday, I would like to work five hours each day. So basically it's it's clocking me in at about 60 hour work weeks or maybe just shy of 60 hours. If sometimes I work a nine hour day and not a 10 hour day. And here's why, because listen, I, I work for myself. And I think when you run your own business, generally speaking, you're going to work more hours than someone who just has a salaried job. You have to work some more hours because you have more things to get done. And I like my job, so I like to work. But I'll, generally speaking, when people work for themselves or they, they, they have a business, they generally tend to work more. And for me, I was thinking about it and I thought to myself, okay, number one, working, roughly speaking, 60 hours a week still gives me plenty of downtime, but also allows me to put a certain, how do I say this? allows me to give it a give running my business and trying to do it successfully a full effort. If I'm not able to make it work in the long term and I'm not able to earn enough money for myself in the long term and I have to stop running this business, at least if I'm working 60 hours a week, I can look back and say, well, look, you gave it a, you gave it your full effort. You really tried your best. I feel like if I was working 50 hours or 40 hours a week, I would look back and maybe have some regrets that ah, I didn't quite work hard enough. I could have I could have put more effort in. But at 60, I think that's enough. Theoretically, I could work more than 60, but I know what happens when I work more than 60. I get a lot I get more tired. 
and I don't like it anymore and I uh, it affects my mental health but 60 for example you know 50 55 hours to 60 hours a week is golden for me that's just fine because here's a funny fact I like thinking about my days and hours I typically sleep seven to eight hours a night which means that I'm awake for about 17 17 is that right no wait no, sorry, 16. 16 to 17 hours. At, is that right? 16 uh, plus 8. Yes. So I'm, I'm awake for 16 to 17 hours per day. And if I work, let's say, 10 hours on a Monday, that still gives me 6 hours, 6 to 7 hours to myself to do whatever I want. Watch TV, spend time with family, eat, shower, go for a walk, exercise, relax. Like 6 hours is a long time for me. So I have no issue working 10 hours and resting six. That I'm very comfortable doing that, especially because on the weekend, I'm only going to work five hours. So I'm awake for 16, 17 hours. I'm going to work for five and I have 11 to 12 hours to myself. Oh my God, that's so much free time that I can do so much fun, so many fun things. And there's so much I can do with that time, right? So that's, you know, I've really thought about it and I've decided that's the kind of work-life balance that works for me. Um, yeah, it works for me. And I think it's important for others to, to think about that question for themselves too. What kind of work-life balance do you want? And how do you want to spend your time at work as well as outside, as work, outside of work? It's an important question. I think what happens, what, what happens is, is bleh, what happens if you don't ask yourself this question and figure out what your answer is, is it's, you, it's a certain type of personality can get caught in the trap of thinking, oh, I should be working more. I should be studying more. I should be more productive. Because you haven't figured out the rules in your mind of, oh, this is how much I should work. This is how much I should rest. Once you've got those numbers figured out in your head and you know that, you stop thinking to yourself, oh, I should do more. I should study more. I was talking to someone recently about Spanish. Uh, was it Spanish? Actually, yeah, it was Spanish. I was talking to someone about Spanish recently. She's a, she's a Spanish learner. And she was telling me that in her life and for Spanish, she's the type of person who's always thinking to herself, oh, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I should do this instead. So she might be watching TV and she's thinking to herself, oh, I shouldn't watch TV. I should study more Spanish. And that's kind of the habit she has. I think one remedy for this is understanding, okay, this is how much I've decided I'm going to work. This is how much I've decided I'm going to spend time with the kids. This is how much time I've decided I'm going to watch TV. And just figure out this is how much time I'm going to do for Spanish. This is how much time I dedicate for this. And set those rules up in your mind so that it, it gives you peace of mind. It's been a big thing for me recently. I mean, um, I've always sort of worked 50 to 60, 55 to 60 hours a week. That's all I've really done. But sometimes I get caught in the trap of thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't be watching TV now. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. But now that I figured out, oh, right. I have to, I just have to track my hours and just work 55 to 60 hours and try to be as productive and use those hours as smartly, as intelligently as I can. And that's the best I can do and let the chips fall as they will, right? So it's been giving me a lot of peace of mind. Now, let's switch over to language learning. This has been a longer podcast than I thought it would be. I kind of want to go to sleep, to be honest. So let's get through the language portion as quickly and as efficiently as we can. I'm going to be running some free pronunciation classes for French, Spanish, Mandarin, and Gujarati learners in the month of August. And 
while I was designing the graphics and advertising these and blah, 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 um, I came up with a few different strategies to improve your pronunciation. So number one would be if you're learning French, Spanish, Mandarin, or Gujarati, send me a message and you can attend some of these free sessions I'm holding and I think they will help you with your pronunciation. That's number one. <laughs> number two, oh, and send me a message on like Instagram, Facebook. Those are your two best places. A lot of you have my email, so just email me. Um, my username on social media is at polyglotazren, P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z-R-E-N. Or of course, email me if you have my email, which many of you do. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I think it's helpful to record yourself. Record yourself trying to say difficult sounds, words, or letters or phrases. Record yourself and listen to yourself. Often when you listen to your, a recording of yourself, it allows you to hear the mistakes you're making a lot more clearly than if you don't. So I remember in Japanese, for example, I recorded most of my lessons in Japanese that I've had. And then I'll watch the lesson afterwards and I'll notice me mispronouncing things in the class that the tutor's correcting me on. But in the moment when I was in class, I didn't realize I was saying it wrong. In fact, I thought I was saying it right. I was like, I think I'm saying it what you're saying. But the second I listened to the recording, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I definitely was not saying what the tutor was saying. I can very clearly hear that I'm saying something very wrong. <laughs> but without that recording, sometimes it's difficult to do so. So that's number one. Record yourself saying difficult words, phrases, or just sounds and then listen to those recordings. And do that over time. You can actually track your progress over time, which is pretty cool. Um, something else that can help is if you take some lessons with someone who has a background in speech therapy or in phonetics. You see, the typical tutor or native speaker doesn't have the knowledge or skill set to be able to help you with your pronunciation. They just don't know how. If you don't believe me, you know, look yourself in the mirror. Most of you probably don't know how you'd help someone improve their pronunciation pronunciation in your first language. If you speak English and you have a, a Chinese speaker who's learning English, you probably don't know how to help them with the pronunciation, unless you've got some experience with that, of course. But if you don't, you probably look your, you know, probably just shrug at yourself in the mirror and go, I don't really know how to do that. Well, a lot of tutors and, and, and native speakers will feel the same way. They can help you with grammar, conversation, spelling, things like that, but not with pronunciation. That's not something that's in their wheelhouse of skills. So often working with someone who has that background in phonetics and or speech therapy, i.e. myself, like that's something I have a background in, um, it can save you a lot of time and effort. Another strategy, it's not really a strategy, but it's more of a mentality. Uh, a, a mentality is to, is to remember that pronunciation is something you must be very patient with yourself with. If you're impatient, you will get frustrated, like very frustrated more frustrated than almost any other skill you try to work on in your whole life. It's a very frustrating thing. So you have to be patient with yourself and understand that pronunciation improves incrementally. Other parts of language learning doesn't, don't always improve incrementally. Sometimes they improve quite rapidly. For example, if you have to memorize a grammar rule, unless it's something really complex, you might be able to wrap your head around it within a couple of weeks, right? You might have the gist of it, you have the hang of it. You may not be perfect, but you at least sort of have the, the gist of it. Um, but pronunciation, that doesn't tend to happen when it's a difficult sound or a difficult word or a difficult letter or whatever the case is. It doesn't always happen that way. 
like if you try to roll your R's in Spanish and you can't roll your R's, it might take it three. It might take you a couple of years to really get, you know, to really figure out how to roll your R's. Possibly now that can be reduced dramatically if you work with someone who has a background in phonetics because they can give you exercises and practice and they can help you with that. But if you're going it on your own and such, like that can be it can take years. I've felt that myself. I'm good at pronunciation. I love pronunciation. It's my favorite part of learning languages. And yet, even for me, when I hit some difficult, when I encounter difficult sounds, it takes me forever to get them. And the only times it hasn't is when I worked with someone who actually had a background in phonetics, and it would save me time. Right? Does that make sense? So, but still, it takes time and effort. It's not. It doesn't come automatically. It's a heck. It's a lot like going to the gym, actually. You see, when you go to the gym and try to build your muscles, you, how do I say this? It takes time to build that strength and the, the, the strength in those muscles. Well, listen, your tongue and your mouth is filled with muscles and you have to train your tongue to pronounce those letters and sounds with this high degree of precision and accuracy. And to develop that muscle memory does not come overnight. It takes daily or at least regular practice, regular, a few times a week, let's say at a minimum at a minimum, if you really want to see progress quickly, um, or as quickly as is realistic. So that's something that can really be beneficial. Just that, that mentality of patience, mentality of patience is a big one. Um, and the last thing I'll say, I might've said it earlier, I can't remember, but the last thing I'll say is, um, is practicing daily. I used to practice in the shower. In fact, I still practice difficult sounds in the in the shower when I'm struggling with a diff, when I'm struggling with a certain letter or word or sound. I'll practice them in the shower because that's something I do every day. So it, it's something I can easily stand there and practice for five or ten minutes. I used to practice my, my French R's in the showers. I practice my French vowels in the shower. Um, I used to practice uh, Korean. Korean's got some difficult sounds. I used to practice in the shower and. I still haven't fully figured them out, but hey, I practice. Um, Lord, there's lots of sounds I've practiced. Oh, um, I used to always struggle with, uh, well, actually, that's not true. I practice lots of sounds in the shower, for example. So daily practice is a really big one. Anyway, if you'd like to attend any of the free, the free uh, sessions I'm holding this month on pronunciation for French, Spanish, Mandarin, or Gujarati, Send me a message on any social platform at polyglotazarin is where to find me. And um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Have a great night.